Hello, happy Monday. I'm excited about today's episode. If you're new here, my name is Paige Boner. Yes, that's really my last name. I started It's Hard about two and a half years ago, and it's been an amazing journey ever since. Um, I started it with pure intention of having authentic and vulnerable conversations that allow people to feel less alone in what they're going through, through mental health and beyond. So I hope that this podcast serves you in some capacity. If you want to join our community, we have a great community. We mostly communicate on WhatsApp. So if you're interested in participating in that, in that safe space, uh, I'd love to chat more about it with you. I have an Instagram called It's Hard Podcast. That's where I share a lot of my regular life and just other silly things about myself, but also inspirational and mental health focused content. So please join me over there. And if you enjoy this episode or you've been listening to the show for a while, it would mean the world if you would go and leave a written review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's how we grow. So if you want to support the journey of its heart, that would be the best way to do so. Today's episode is with Christina Kimbrough, one of my new best friends. Um, We came across each other via Instagram and we talk about Instagram in this episode and feeling really defeated by it and feeling as though it's, you know, kind of detrimental in a lot of ways, but we also talk about it as a great connector. She lives on the East Coast or, you know, the Eastern side of the U.S. I live on the Western side of the U.S., so we would have never crossed paths had it not been for a social media platform like Instagram. However, we have so much, you know, similarity or understanding of one another. And it was immediate that our connection to each other was, was palpable. It was really a very wonderful conversation. Um, she gets really vulnerable about her struggle with addiction and mental health and mental illness as a whole. And I'm really grateful that she felt called to do that. But the thing I love about her too is she makes it really digestible. And that's something that I'm really passionate about is making mental health accessible and understandable instead of making it feel like it's this heavy thing all the time. She really presents it in a way of, yeah, this is happening. This is real. And I think sometimes these podcasts like what I share can feel really intimidating when you look at the title, but I want to make sure that these episodes feel like there aren't always, you know, Debbie Downers or anything that it's just talking openly about mental health as if it's a normal conversation, as if it's your podcast that talks about sex and, and social stuff and entertainment. I want it to feel like it is that. So Christine does such a great job doing that. And I'm, I'm so grateful for her coming on the show and just sharing her insights as well. She has wonderful and accessible mental health content as well. So if you're interested in following along with her, her Instagram is C-K-I-M-B-R-O-U-G-H-1. So ckimbro one And her website is www.christinakimbro.com. And her Twitter is cgraw one. C-G-R-A-W-1. 
And again, she and I talk openly about Instagram. Um, I'm not sure how active she is currently on Instagram. I know she's taking a step back, but she creates reels and different content that is supposed to reach people and make them feel less alone in what they're going through too. So she is amazing. She talks about recovery. She talks about suicidal ideation and mental illness, dual diagnosis. There is so much in here, but it's all coming from this place of realness and authenticity that I'm so grateful for. So if you like this episode, please share it with a friend. I would love if you followed along on Instagram at It's Heart Podcast. Also, make sure that you go follow Christina and let us know what you think of the episode. I'm so excited to hear from you all, and I hope you have a wonderful week. This podcast is sponsored by Better Help Online Therapy. Y'all know how passionate I am about therapy and how much of an advocate I am for everyone using therapy as part of their mental health journey. You might be wondering, what is therapy? I've, you know, maybe heard of it. Obviously, we kind of all understand what it is, but there's still this large stigma around it that it's something that you only go to if something is wrong with you or if you have major problems or it's something to be embarrassed about. But therapy truly can be whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and you just want some tools to help or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work. Maybe you're not dealing well with stress or you're finding a lot of conflict within the relationships that you're experiencing. Therapy is a tool that you can use in order to become more self aware and to better understand who you are at your core. And BetterHelp is here to make it so seamless and so easy so that you can access therapy at an affordable and easy way. BetterHelp is online therapy. It's completely online and they offer many different packages based on what you can afford. There's also financial aid involved as well. And you can easily switch your therapist. I know sometimes that you and your therapist might not click. Those first couple tries might be really hard. And that's an essential part of therapy is to ensure that you and your therapist have a strong connection. Not only does it benefit you as the client, but it also benefits your therapist to have somebody who they feel as though they can connect with too. BetterHelp allows you to switch your therapist free of charge at any point to ensure that you are getting the best experience possible. BetterHelp is completely customizable online therapy. It offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and It's Hard listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash it's hard. That's betterhelp.com slash it's hard. Hello. How are you? How are you? Look at your little sign. I'm good. How are you? You like that? <laughs> so official. I love it. Uh, my best friend from high school is like the best gift giver in the whole world. You know, I don't know if you have those friends who are like I do. almost annoying. Maybe you're the friend, but no, it's like, I think it's, it's hard to have those friends. I it's yes, because me I'm so the much stress. Me too. I swear Bible. <laughs> I am too. And I'm like, do you want another mug or a candle? Like, <laughs> 
So I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I get sweaty and so stressed out. And I'm like, please don't give me a gift, please. That's exactly like my whole wall up here yeah. is like all her because I'm obsessed with Taylor Swift. So like yeah. she got me a huge Taylor Swift thing. She yeah. got me like another custom it's hard thing. Like it's so just cute. constant. And I'm like, I can't keep up with you. Like I just yeah. I can't. I'll get her like jewelry every year. I'm like, I've gotten her the same necklace four years in a row. Yeah. And she's never gonna end. So. You, Don't worry about it. It's fine. You know, but you're like, you're forever indebted. Yeah. I don't like gifts. Yes, I know. And yeah, we're like aunts to the same kid too. So we're like yeah. stuck forever too. Oh I can't gosh. like, right. You know, <laughs> that's so funny. I love her. Wow. I mean, I'm always going to have to get you gifts. Like it's never going to go away. It so <laughs> every year I know. And they're so thoughtful. I know. And I've just always been like that. Even if like I'm married and just my husband, luckily, I sound weird, but like my husband's not a great gift giver either, either, but it's okay because like we both forget, like it's, there's no hard feelings because it's like, it's fine. Cause I'm expect- that way. Yeah. And like, yeah. I dated guys who like were great and would go all out for my birthday and anniversaries. And I'd be like, Oh my God. Like gift card, anyone, which yeah. like, I feel like gift cards to people that like are good gift givers are like, you know, that's like the antithesis of like what you do because you know, they're thoughtful. Right. <laughs> so so true. I'm the same way with my fiance. We're both like not gift yeah. givers at all. So we disagree. Yeah. We're like, what do you need? Like, is there anything yeah. you need? Cause yeah. we'll just go with that. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I think it's like, once you've been together same for thing. so long, you also just buy what yourself, what you need. If you're two working adults, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're sharing most of the things that you have. It's just kind of like you live yeah. in the same household. It's like, what? Literally. Like I can get you something cool or we can go on a trip. Let's go on a trip. Let's that's do that. <laughs> exactly, that's literally what I was going to say. That's what we started doing is like, or do like an experience, you know what I mean? Like we went like zip lining for his birthday this year and that was cool, you know? So it was just like, and then like an expensive sushi date. So, cause I was like, I'd rather have memories than stuff at this point, because if we want it, we just buy it on Amazon. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm taking the fun out of, <laughs> you know, nope. clearly like, not a love language. Right. right? Clearly and it's not my love language. It's not. No. <laughs> What is your love language? Um, well, I always joke on that. It's funny with my husband. I'm like, well, I have all the love languages. If you want to give me gifts or give me attention, like, you know, but, um, I mean, I would say probably words of words of affirmation. I'm just a talker and very like around me the people around me, I'm always affirming them. Like, you look so good, girl. I love you. You know, like that kind of thing. So, but the downside is when I don't receive it back, then I'm like, nudging my husband I'm like hey I look cute today and he's like oh yeah you do <laughs> and I'm like no like I like- just that to myself yes I'm- exactly yes so funny <laughs> well I already like you I feel like we could just like hang <laughs> I know I literally was telling my fiance before this I was like because I've to be honest with you and you have a podcast so you yeah probably- I do yeah it's like you get kind of like, I've been burnt out like the last yeah. few months of just like I feeling super you like posted it on Instagram that you were going to like take a pause. Yeah. And so it's like feeling burnt out. 
Yeah. And like really one of my it. friends I was talking to him and he, yeah, he was like, Hey, like, I feel like you're calling these like interviews. And he's like, you've never called them interviews before. And I I'm a recruiter. So I interview all day long for my job. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, hopefully it doesn't. I know. So I was like, I, for you. yeah, yeah. So it's like now after I was like looking at your stuff and I was like getting all excited, I was like, Jack, this is going to oh, be good. such a good one. Like I'm so yeah. excited because we just are aligned on so many things and yeah. like just trying to be more intentional about who I bring on and being like, Hey, you know, do, have you done a podcast before? You know, yeah. is this going to be a really aligned in a way of like, oh, you are mental health focused. You have a lighthearted view of mental health. You've struggled yeah. with a lot of things. Like those yeah. are things that I can really connect with instead yeah. of trying to like pull teeth in a lot of situations and just trying to like meet requirements. Cause I feel like I have to, you know what I mean? Yeah, I totally get it. And I, I've only had a podcast for like about six months, maybe a little bit longer, but we've had a few guests and I get what you're talking about. Cause well, I had one before this and, um, but I've, so I've had two, but yeah, I've had two types of guests where you're like pulling teeth or when it comes to mental health, they trauma dump and you're like, yo, like I am so tired right now. Like, I feel like you need to pay me like for whatever this was, you know? So it's like, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I just get it. Like, I totally get it. And that's not, I've listened to your podcast for a while. And I was like, I feel like I just need to write her because I also feel like we could be friends. <laughs> I don't know how you, yeah. you, know, you can just read vibes on the internet. It's weird, but you can just kind of tell. Also, like the yes. name card and your name page boner. I told my husband, he's like, that's fantastic. I was like, I know. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> like, do so something. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you yeah. gotta, gotta play with the name, gotta give her a go. Oh, We're stuck yeah. with it. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I totally agree. And I love that you said that because I feel the exact same way. Like when I went and looked at your Instagram, I was like, Oh, what I don't know what it is. Like, I'm so curious what that feeling is, but it's just this yeah. sense of like, she gets it. or like, yeah, it's just it. Like, you know, the vibe. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, am I Gen, am I a millennial saying the vibe? But like, I'm an elder millennial, so I get really nervous when I say the wrong words. But, um, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I, well, I've also been in this space and had mental health issues for a while. So I think I know like I'm really aware of how I want to sound and how I, and it, but it, I get, it's a hard line to walk because it's like, Hey, how do I like talk about suicidal ideation and panic attacks? But like, Hey, let's put a pretty filter on it. You know what I mean? With some pink, like, I don't know. It's, and I feel like you, so I took a, I'm on a break from Instagram because my mental health was just not great because of this stupid app, because right. in full transparency, it's like, I wasn't growing. Um, you know, and I've started working with brands, which has been cool, but like engagement rates are low and like my reels aren't popping off like everyone else. And I'm just like, you know, I posted a reel last week and it didn't do well. And it was on my grandma. She's adorable. And I was just like, <laughs> and I was like super mad. And I was like, this is a waste of my, like why this app is making me so upset. And like my screen time was like eight hours a day. You know, it was, I know. And that wasn't all, to be fair to myself, it's not like all social media, but like, it just, you know, it's, it's, it was just doom scrolling and I couldn't stop and I was picking it up. I, I like, I'm sober. And so I could see that a lot of my addiction to social media was similar to my addiction to alcohol. And I was like, you know, nope, we gotta, we gotta, we're just pulling out for a week or so. So I've been off for a week because I'm just like, yeah, I gotta figure this out. <laughs> 
I totally feel that. And I always do that around like Christmas time. Like I unplug oh, that's so good. trying to be okay with like these taking a breaks, right? Because you get it. Like you're, you're creating content. You're trying to grow. Like I resonate so much with what you just said of like, I, my mental health struggles when I'm not growing and yeah. it's tough because you're like comparing yourself to all these other people. And you're like, how are they coming up with all these creative ideas yeah. and videos? And like, I just sit there and I scroll and I scroll and I scroll and I say, I'm like getting ideas. And I'm like, I'm not freaking getting ideas. I, same, I'm, same. Like, I'm just scrolling to scroll because I'm like you said too, like I'm addicted. I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to find the dopamine hit and 100%. you know, 100%. I wonder how you feel about this. Like as a mental health advocate, yeah. what is the line of like, Wait. this app is so bad for us. Yes. But I like, no. And this is what I'm saying. I literally, I, I, I literally was just sitting with, I, I had lunch with another sober girlfriend and we were, she's on Instagram too. And we were just talking about it. And it was like, I don't know, because like what we're trying to do is good. Right. And we have good messages, but I was like at the cost to myself, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to pick up a drink because of Instagram. Like I'm very solid in sobriety, but it's turned into another addiction for me. I know that, you know what I mean? Like I have no problem saying I was addicted and struggling with an addiction. It's to Instagram for weirdly in particular, like Facebook don't really use, like it's Instagram. And cause I would put weird rules around it. Like, Oh, you know, not before bed or not in the morning. And I wouldn't follow those rules, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like that with alcohol. I would be, you know, just one drink or, you know, all this weird stuff. And I was like, oh my God, like this is an addiction, yeah. you know? Um, and in the week that I haven't touched it, I'm so proud of myself tomorrow. Actually today was probably a week and I have not opened the app once. My cortisol is level. Like I'm bored, but like in a good way, like I have thoughts that aren't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. So it's like, I was early for an appointment and I like read on my Kindle. I was like, what a freaking concept. I felt like a psycho, <laughs> you know, like who's this chick reading? <laughs> no, it's so true. And like, I've been trying to do that more too. Like at my lunch break, I'll read or I'll, I'm trying to get certified in an assessment thing right now. And so like, I'll try to study or I'll do all these yeah. things. And it's so hard though. Cause it's like, you're wanting to create content to like for myself, I'm creating yeah. content yeah. so that I increase my listenership so that I can yeah. reach my message to many more people. Right. 100%. Yes. But also it's like, am I feeding into the epidemic that is social media in regards to our mental health? Wow. I didn't even think about that. Like, it's almost like, are we complicit in it? That's what I think about so often. Like, Great. Thanks, Paige. Now you gave me more. No, I'm totally playing with you, but I'm like, I have more to think about. For months, she's going to be like on, but no, it's like you have the great mind. Like I think about this too. I'm like, this is shit for my mental health. First of all, like I'm fucked. Yeah. And at the same time, it's like, but also by like doing it, am I also impacting other people's mental health. Cause yes. how often are they looking at my content and are they seeing like, Oh, I relate to that. And I feel less alone or like, Oh, as I look at content and I'm like, I want to recreate that. Yes. And I don't necessarily think of it as like, I'm less alone. Do you know what I mean? Right. I know hundred percent what you mean. And it's a, it's just this weird line to walk. It's, I don't know. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like, how much do we share without trauma dumping, but also be like relatable. I, I, 
I mean, it's like a grit and then it's hard too. like, I've been finding like, you know, I'm very vulnerable and I think that's what works. And, you know, I, I, I say, I care about likes. I care about engagement. I care about following. Like, I think it's a, like, we love to say like, numbers don't matter, please. Like, especially if you're in this field, you know what I mean? Like, that's all that matters. (laughs) Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, so I like you want to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you put all this work into it. So I'd be lying if I, you know, if I didn't say that I am fine with the numbers, you know, cause it, it's, it's, so it's just my worth was coming at, you know, around it, like my everything. Like I just, I, I was like, man, I gotta live my life. Like Instagram is not life, you know? Like that day <sighs> when it like went down or whatever, I don't yeah, remember that's right. someone mm-hmm. was on a podcast and they were talking about this and they're like, would your business or like whatever it is that you do, would it survive without Instagram? Not right now. Right. I mean, my podcast, my, no. Well, I was just telling my friend that I was having lunch with, I was like, I'm trying to lean more into like a blog and a long, like a newsletter because Mm -hmm. apparently those people like those now, like they're coming back or something, but like long form content. I don't know. But I was like, writing is something that can live. Like, yes, it is online. But like, you know, it, it, it's like evergreen and it can live. So I was like, I just, man, I just can't, I, yeah, it, it wouldn't. <laughs> Instagram's my main thing for everything. Right. And it's just like about all these communities are building and it's beautiful. Yeah. Like that's the hard line, right? Is like, it's so like, would we have been able to connect with no. Instagram? I don't know how you found it's hard, but like, I think it was Instagram. I'm sure it was. Yeah. 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 Cause that's the thing is like, there's so much beauty in it. And like, that's why I have to have it is because of things like this, where like, you're across the country from me right, right now. Right. Virginia, I'm in Utah. Right. Like, right. These are things that it's just like, we would never meet each other if never. it were socials like this, you know? So it's like, how do you ride that line? And I think it is taking these breaks. Like you're doing, yeah. I've done that in the past, like to yeah. everyone to be okay with the breaks. And I don't know if you've seen what Instagram's doing, but it's actually really cool. So they're yeah. doing like a, new thing where you can set time limits on the app. And even like, if you're scrolling for too long, it'll like pop up and it'll say, seems like you've been scrolling for a little bit. Here's some suggestions, like write down your thoughts now, take a walk. Like it's so cool. Chris, like you need need that. Yeah. You got to go in your settings and like, can it's like your screen time on your phone, but it's like the app. So it's different. And like it reads if you're scrolling for too long. And I'm like, that's freaking cool Huge. because you don't realize it. you an hour goes by and you're like oh my god what did I just do right did you know I, I mean? assume anything of value in that time right right yeah that's cool well that's good to know because that's like yeah I mean I was just scrolling and scrolling and I would find myself not able to stop you know I mean I wouldn't be like five hours in but it would be like you know I need to go somewhere or I need I was forgetting things like that's how I knew you know that it was crossing into an addiction area because it was impacting my life. And I'm telling you, I'm not even kidding. I couldn't focus like my attention span, like to sit down and like long form, write. Like I like to write my bachelor's is in journalism. I can write, you know? And like, when I was at the height of this, like even a week ago, my attention span was shot. I was just, you know, like all over the place, like trying to pick the phone up to go check Instagram 10 minutes later, you know, like, And then a week later, you know, I'm not going to say it's amazing, but it's just my clarity of thought is that it's been, it's wild. (laughs) So cool. It's like, 
you're like, did I just get smarter? Like what guess, happened? You know, like you're yes. back. <laughs> yes. And it feels good. And so I'm just like trying to, I don't know how long I'm going to take off, but I'm also in the process of like trying to work on ego and like work on, you know, like not attaching my worth to numbers. I know that sounds so cheesy, but, but it's just like really, really like learning how, like if a reel doesn't perform or if I don't see that growth, it doesn't impact how I feel, you know what I mean? Or I can get over it quicker if that's, and so I don't, I'm not hopping back on the app until I can feel, you know, you'll never get there or whatever, but I'm like, I need to be somewhere healthier. Yeah. So how are you like practicing that work? Like, I feel like that's something I struggle with so much. Like, what are you doing to like intentionally practice that while you're off the app? I mean, that's a great question. I don't know, to be honest, a lot of it is walking. I, so when I first, I had sober during COVID. And so I walked so much. I just walked and walked and walked and walked and listened to music. So honestly, that's a lot of it. Like it's being with my own freaking thoughts, <laughs> like, you know, and like being mindful and just like, I think a lot of it now is be so I really it's crazy I can see the parallels to early sobriety to this like they're very similar um because I have that craving to pitch up my phone that craving for the drink were very similar and now I'm like okay well I hear the thought like I'm more aware of the thought does that make sense and I'm trying to like yeah. separate like separate the thought versus like the identity identity and like we you know all of this it's, I, I think you I know you you dealt with anxiety so like we know we don't believe our thoughts so all the things I know, but now I have the space to do it because yeah. I'm not on Instagram. <laughs> right. So honestly, it's, it's also like, yeah, we know it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we know it, but it's like, do we actually do it? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. That's, and look, I'm like, I had a, I had a therapist, like not fire away, but it's dramatic, but she's like, I can't work with you anymore because she's like, you're the most self-aware client I have. I'm like, I know. Like I've read all the books, not all of them, but you know what I mean? Like, I just, I like psychology and self-development. So like, I usually would know kind of what she was going to say, you know what I mean? Or like, she's like, you know, like you keep coming, but you need to just take the time and like do the hard work. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> I want to. Yeah, exactly. It's like, can't I just take a nap? <laughs> like, right literally me with my therapist all the time. I'm like, I don't know. I just don't know anymore. Like, I don't want to do yeah. it. <laughs> I feel that way all the, and that was another thing is I was having a hard time. Like, I didn't know what I was feeling because I was always, you know, on this app and like other people's views and thoughts were becoming my own. And so I, I, I didn't even know where I started and ended and, you know, and so it's just been like a, you know, because when I decided to get sober, I've also decided like, this is a commitment to a lifestyle of not numbing out anymore. Right. Like, okay, we're not going to numb. And so I know like without my week with my week without the phone is like, I've had hard days as we do in a week because life, and I feel the urge to pick up my phone. And so now I'm like, okay, what are we feeling? You know, like, and we also can't shop or eat because those are my other two. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and so I mean, I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> Look, I'm like you. I don't know. I love it. I love it. And that's like the cool thing though about you and just like your the way we present ourselves on socials too. And like I think it's important to touch on this. Like when you're in that mental health advocacy space, it's like yes. we don't have any fucking clue what we're doing. Like we have no clue. It's just the fact that we're showing up 
without any freaking clue, hoping that that helps you to realize that like, it's okay if you don't know too, you know, and like talk about this is so helpful because I feel like I'm in the midst of that. Just like so invested into social media to the point of like, I don't know where I start and where I end. Like, I just don't know what my identity is right now. And it's like, I'm not making it up. I'm yeah. literally weird. This is like serendipitous. Yes. It is. Yeah. Like I literally and am in it. So I, maybe this isn't good. Cause I wish I had like, I wish I was like maybe six months later and could be like, Hey Paige, here's what I did. You know what I mean? But like, I don't have the answers. Cause I felt the same. I was like, I don't even know what my brand is, my voice. I don't like, I've been struggling forever with my bio because I don't even know what I want to say. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, it's weird. I can't. Yeah. And so I was like, I have to, yeah, I get it. Like, I was like, I have to create clarity. And the only way I knew to do that was to, you know, get out other noise, (laughs) you know, and just like sit with my thoughts, which are young sometimes, a lot of times. I am so excited for this new partnership. I know y'all are out there living your life with dry ass lips. Maybe you're kissing people, you're doing things, but no more. You want high quality, all natural chapstick. I've got the brand for you. I had Josh Newman on the podcast about two months ago or so, and he is the founder of Kind Lips, and it's all centered around speaking kindness, raising awareness for mental health, and ending bullying. So 20% of his proceeds go towards the mission to end bullying and also to raise awareness for mental health. And I could just not be more aligned with this company. They also are all natural ingredients, which is amazing. When you're putting stuff on your lips, it's going in your mouth, It's you're ingesting it. You want to make sure that your ingredients are completely clean. And also his mission is to make sure that you apply chapstick less. So we know those brands out there where you're constantly applying because they're trying to get you to buy more tubes. That's not his goal here. Obviously, it would help him if he, you know, wanted you to buy more tubes, but truly he wants this to be high quality chapstick that you find yourself using, you know, once or twice a day. And that's enough. Um, the flavors, I never know if you're supposed to say flavors, but they're impeccable. I love the sweet mint and the Georgia peach. Those are my favorites, but they're this subtle kind of taste to them and smell without being overly intense um, and kind of annoying, like the ones we used to like wear on our necks when we were kids. So I could not recommend this brand enough. Their mission is so aligned with what we do here. It's hard. And then also the quality of the chapstick is unreal. And you my It's Hard listeners get 10% off your purchase at kindlips.com using the code It's Hard. So go get a couple bucks off your first couple tubes. I suggest getting the variety pack, trying all the flavors. That's the best thing to do for, I would say, strawberries, also a great one. Um, and they have a bunch of different options on there and you can get single tubes as well. So go on their website right now, kindlips.com. Use the code. It's hard to get 10% off your purchase at kindlips. Okay. I want to jump into your story because you have just like so, so much in it. And it's like, that's also so like, it's so beautiful. And I think sharing these types of things and your willingness to share these types of things is what's so inspiring. And so many people can realize like, Oh shit, that also happens, you know, and that's real. And I, I just love that. And for me, it was comforting to read, um, you know, for you, for listeners, like you filled out, of course, a form and I got to read about you. And it was just like, so 
cool to read about you and just feel like, damn, okay. So those things that have happened to me in the past make me, I'm not crazy, you know, like I'm yeah. not insane and it's yeah. not, this can happen. Um, and I, where I really want to start is, you know, I believe it was seven years ago where you were hospitalized for suicidal yeah. ideation. And yeah. that's just something where like, I've had many experiences where I've literally said to my fiance, like, I need to go to the hospital. I think I need to go to the hospital. Like, I don't know what this is, but I'm terrified of my own self. Right. And I actually got sober uh, almost two years ago oh, or no, no, I lied almost a year ago. You were sober two years ago. I wrote that down. Um, yeah. you just passed your two year mark. Is that right? Yeah. That's so you're exciting. Noticing. Yeah. Yay. Um, and so I've been sober for almost a year now. May 2nd is my uh, sober anniversary, but it was a night where I, or a day after drinking, I woke up and then I was struggling with suicidal ideation. I was supposed to drive from uh, my friend's house to my parents' house, which is 40 minutes. And I was afraid I wasn't going to make it. Mm. Um, and it was like one of the scariest moments of my life. And yeah. just to be able to then, you know, eggs, I knew alcohol was a big problem in my life, just not so much of an overconsumption piece, but just an anxiety piece and what yeah. it was creating in my brain. Yeah. And it just was really comforting to know that like, okay, this happens. And like, people do, people are sick. Like this yeah. is, it's a sickness, you know? Yeah. So what was that experience like? And just share that story with us. Yeah, for um, sure. I'd love I mean, to hear it. Congrats on your sobriety. And I just want to touch on what you said really quick. I think it's important to talk about that because I think a lot of people think of like, if you quit alcohol, you have an addiction like issue. Like I, I was clinical, I, I was addicted, but it's also good to, to just notice like a lot of people have anxiety and also have really bad ideation the night after drinking. It's actually more common than we think. So that, and that leads me back to seven years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, I had been drinking a couple days before I admitted myself to the hospital. Nothing um, too crazy, you know, someone in their mid twenties partying, like that kind of thing. Um, I was sober when I admitted myself, but I had just been through like a really rough week. My husband, we were dating at the time, but he was deployed. He's in the Navy. He was deployed. Like he was, you know, out of the country. Uh, I lost an important job. Um, so a lot was like just going on. And I had gotten another job, actually, like a high stress job. And I, I don't even know what it was. It was, I usually with anxiety. So you might know what this is like, but something small happened and I just kind of snapped, you know, and I'd never had a panic attack, but I know I had one and I thought I was dying. Like I, 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 I you know, I had a heart, like I, my heart was racing, all the things. And then I just started having, you know, dark thoughts, right. Of just wanting to end my life. And a lot of it in hindsight is like, it was more of, I was in such pain. I just didn't want to be in that pain anymore. It, I always say it's like, you know, it's not as dramatic, but it was like, I felt like I was on fire. Right. So it was like, whatever I could do to douse myself, like to do, you know, to just end it. That's where I wanted to be. So I knew I was like, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm afraid of these thoughts. This, I don't know what to do. So I, kept trying to, I didn't want to go the hospital route. There was no one available. Like psychiatrists are very hard to get a hold of like quickly, right? Like the closest psychiatrist appointment I could get was like a month. And I was like, yeah, I need to talk to someone like now, you know? So I went to the general like emergency. Yeah. I went to the emergency room and they said, you know, you need to admit yourself. And so I admitted myself. I stayed in the emergency room they took all my vitals and I was, you know, I was fine. It was a healthy, you know, I was thinking I was like 25 at the time. And, um, and then they took me to a psych ward for, um, like three, like a behavioral health, you know, like floor in a hospital. 
Um, and to end the stigma of that, they are not padded walls. People aren't, you know what I mean? Like it's, I just hate that. Like people are so awful about, I'm like, I've actually been hospitalized twice for ideation. Um, both times I did it for myself. Um, and it was the right choice both times. I just don't want, I don't want people to be afraid. Like if you go to the hospital, like you're seeing, you know, people in restraints. I mean, I'm sure those things happen. I've never seen it in the two times I was there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's not padded walls. People aren't like, it literally looks like a hospital. Like it looks exactly like a hospital. Actually people that's are pretty so cool. Cool. Like, yeah, that's so comforting because like, it is so crazy how like our brains immediately, like my brain, I kid you not. You said that yeah. seconds ago, my brain went to padded walls in a straight jacket and yeah, I, straight jacket. Health, you know, know, like, I think that like, imagine all the people out there who don't even believe that like mental illness is real, like what they exactly. think, you know? So it's like, yeah. I love that you said that because like, what does it look like? If it just looks like a normal yeah. hospital, what does the care look like? Like what happens yeah. when you're in a hospital for yeah. ideation? Yeah. So when I was admitted, I, so, and I've been in two, I was in one in Ohio and then one in Virginia. So I had two experiences and they were both very similar. Um, and again, like I can only speak for myself. Like, of course people do get restrained. Of course that happens. Like we know mental illness, it's scary, right? Like there can be parts of it. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I mean, it looks like a regular hospital. In fact, people are in sweatpants, playing cards, coloring, like it's, you know, you're just, you're just like hanging out. So when you first get there, they do like an initial meeting with you. I think I met with a psychiatrist, you know, they take all your vitals to see, make sure your health is okay. And I was totally fine health-wise. Um, and then you just do like a long screening with a doctor. Um, and unfortunately, you know, I'd had anxiety really bad throughout high school, but I'd never, this was my first time getting a diagnosis. And I wish that I had gone, I always tell people, I'm like, do not wait till it gets there. Not that that will happen to everybody, but I was like, in hindsight, if I had just been on a good antidepressant, you know, and some therapy, it probably wouldn't have had to get this bad, you know, but it did. And, that, and that's okay. You know? Um, so I was there for three days and you just go, you know, you meet with a therapist, you do group therapy. So a lot of it, you know, you, you talk about a lot of different things. I mean, we talked about trauma. Um, at that time I wasn't dealing with an addiction to alcohol. Um, you know, I was drinking a lot, but not as bad as it, it got worse down the road, but, um, and you meet a lot of, you know, broken people. I mean, a lot of people with hard stories, you know, there's people that have actually attempted. So that's always hard, um, to see because they're, you know, they're, they're, sometimes physically ill or they have marks on their bodies from things they attempted to do. So, I mean, it's not, um, easy. You don't like you're, it's sad. It's hard. And a lot of the people are, um, on drugs, you know, so a lot of people were like super sleepy. I was super sleepy because, you know, you're, they put you on a new medicine regimen. So you're like adjusting to medicine while you're there, you know, um, it, the part that is scary is you can't leave. You, you, you are not like, it's locked, like you're locked in. I, I wasn't locked in like a cage. Like I could walk around, but yeah, you are there until they release you. So. Wow. Yeah. So then when it comes to that, like releasing, what yeah. does that look like? Like, is it more about you and how you're feeling like how did that process go and did you feel like it helped you I think more importantly than yeah. anything like did you feel um like it helped a lot as you went yeah. through that process and and after you left like what was yeah. that what did that look like yeah so it's definitely collaborative you meet with a you have like a therapist 
they're usually like a caseworker who's monitoring like everything, um, all the paperwork, all the therapists, follow up, all that. And then you meet with a psychiatrist and they screen you to see, you know, are you basically, are you stable enough? Like once you leave here, will you harm yourself? You know, cause that's why I was there. Um, and I will say, I mean, for that three, I was there three days the first time and it was helpful. I was what I needed. I mean, I was just in a dark place. I needed immediate access to a psychiatrist. Um, you know, I received my first mental health diagnosis. So it leveled me off. You know what I mean? Like it helped me, it helped get me to a place just chemically, physically stability. Um, but I mean, at once you're out, that's when the real <laughs> the hard work begins. Yeah. What did that look like? Yeah. So the first time, I mean, it was finding a, th- a therapist and, you know, taking medicine and, you know, I, this is the first time that I was learning about mental health. I knew what it was. Like I knew anxiety is such a buzzword, you know, even seven years ago, not as much as now, but, um, so just trying to navigate. I think when I first got out, I, I started talking about it. I don't know, a few months afterwards, because I'll never forget. I was, when I was in the hospital, I didn't tell anyone because I was so embarrassed. Um, you know, I told my mom and my grandma because they're close to me. And those are the only people that would come visit. Um, you know, but then I remember I started talking about it afterwards and people were just so awkward, you know, and like, just didn't know how to handle it. And so I just remember thinking like, if I had broken my arm or leg, like, no one would think twice about going to the hospital, but if you're in the hospital, you know, for ideation, <laughs> people are like, they either give you the stare, they stop talking to you. So, you know, it was, I started talking about it just as my own healing journey, you know, and I was obviously like, I didn't do it perfectly, but I started to get better. The medicine started to help. Um, and I would say, I, I think there was a period where my mental health was stable, but I mean, it's, it was just a long journey of learning like what the heck works and what doesn't. <laughs> uh, oh, it's so true. And I, I love that you said that about like, if you break your arm, people don't think twice. And I, I, mm-hmm. I kid you not, I experienced this this morning. I woke up and I don't know if you saw my Instagram post today, but like, I could not get out of bed. Like I was literally so depressed. Yeah. I had forgotten to take my medication for like four days. And so I think yep. that's really what happened. Uh, yeah. And it's like, you get so fucked in your head of like, am like, is, uh, I don't know what to do here. Like I literally was like Googling. I'm like, can you be mentally sick? Like, what do you yeah. do? If you have to go to work or whatever. And I'm, I'm supposed to be going into office every day right now. So, um, it was really hard. Cause like, I have to communicate to somebody that I can't come into the office. Yeah. Right. And so I'm sitting there thinking like, I don't know what to do if I had a fever or if I was physically sick, yes. like I could just say that. And it wouldn't yes. be a question, but right. I just started this job. So I don't know how they're going to feel about this. I know one of my coworkers, they all know I'm a mental health advocate. They know about my podcast. So I know that they're accepting of it, right. but I just didn't know for sure. Um, yeah. and so like to be able to communicate that to my bosses and be like, Hey, I am not feeling good, which is true, but also I'm kind of having a depression spell. Like that's yeah. the best way I can describe yeah. it. I, I cannot get out of bed. I cannot see myself getting out of bed. I don't know what to do about it. Yeah. Um, but it's like, if I was sick, this wouldn't be a question. And it's like, that's Never. the part that's just like, it, I don't know, you feel this way, it like fucks with my mind. I'm like, yeah. what am I supposed to do? 
<laughs> yes, a hundred percent. And I've done that like so many times with jobs or with friends where I would have anxiety and I couldn't get out the door and I'd make up my stomach has hurt way more than it ever really has. Cause you know, I would just lie and say like, I don't know, I ate something bad. Like I'm sick, you know, like, cause, cause nobody, everyone will always be like, you know, they'll text you like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Let me know if you need anything. But if you tell them, you're like, oh, my brain's not functioning and I can't figure out where my shoes are or how to brush my teeth. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> People will be like, what? Because like, I know I go through depression like that too, uh, where it's debilitating and you're like, wait, what is life? Like where, what am I doing? Yeah. How, what happens in those situations? Like, what do you do? Because honestly, that was the first time Cause I, most of my struggles are anxiety. Like yeah. you mentioned, you know, you know, I've, I talk about it a lot and I feel like I have a good handle on it. I mean, I get bad panic attacks, but for the most part, like I have a good handle on it, but my depression is like more sporadic in the yeah. sense of like, it only comes about like when I forgot to take my meds or yeah. when I'm going through certain things. And so it's like, what do you do in those situations where it's like, you wake up and you're like, I can't explain this, but I just, I am so sad right now. I physically can't move. Yeah. And like, I keep snoozing my alarm. I'm so exhausted and slept 10 hours. Like, how am I still tired? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I've been, mine is very similar to that as, as well. Like I don't have depression on the regular. It's more of like, it'll come and it'll last a couple of days. And it's usually as a result of something. Um, but support my support network, my husband and my grandma, my grandma actually just moved in with me like back in November because my husband's going to be leaving a lot. Yeah. Um, and I, at first it was humbling. Cause it's like, okay, get your shit together. Like you're 33, you can live by yourself. But like, I live in a state where family is not close. Like nobody is close to me. And so if I had a press depressive episode, I wouldn't leave the house. Like I wouldn't, you know? Um, and so usually it's acknowledging it and saying, Oh, we know what this is. So the first is like fierce self-compassion, like, no talk of I'm lazy. Like I work on that. I don't want to sound perfect. You know what I mean? And say it's, it's, but I've learned because I've had enough of these. So it's like very, very kind to myself. And then I usually, and then I definitely tell my husband or my grandma. And one of them always says can help, like can help me identify like, what can we do? You know what I mean? Like what's one thing you can do right now? You know? And so for me, I love to exercise. So like I know, and when you're, when you're depressed, it's the hardest thing to do, but it's not even exercise. I put on shoes and walk like half a mile, you know what I mean? Just getting like outside and getting out of my bed and not watching Netflix and taking off my phone. So it's usually that, like, it's being kind to myself and then, you know, being radically honest with my husband or my grandma. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I would not be where I am without them. Like husband, hundred percent. Right. It's so humbling too. Oh, I remember like the first episode I ever had when I was, excuse me, dating my husband. And it was just so humiliating to me, you know, because I'm very outgoing and bubbly and fun and like all the things. And then I was not, you know, and my husband was like, who is, I don't know what's going on, you know? Um, and so finally I've just had to tell him like, look, this is where, this is what today is, you know? And we're like, okay, yeah. all right. Like, I don't know how long it's going to last, but we're going to do the next right thing. Oh, I love that. <sighs> yeah. It's like Glenn, you listen to Glenn and Doyle podcast all the time. Yes. I love <laughs> like, that's literally what that's so good. But, but yeah, yeah, that's like, I feel this. Yeah. Like my fiance is the best when it yeah. comes, like I texted him, he was at basketball when I woke up this morning and I was like, 
oh my God, how am I going to do this? My mom lives in Minnesota. I'm from Minnesota. So my whole family's in Minnesota. Um, yeah. And so like, I called her and she just like, can't do anything, you know? Cause she's like, right. you're, she's far away. And so right. she's like, honey, I'm sorry. Like, she's like, I want to do something for you, but like, I don't know what to do. Like, right. she's like, maybe get up and go to work. And I was like, that sounds like the worst thing to do in the entire world. Like, I don't want to do that. Right. And sometimes it's like, you know, like I told myself, like, I get myself to work out like this too. I'll be like, you don't have to run a half an hour. Just put your shoes on. Then let's see how you feel. Okay. Oh, you got your shoes on. Like, and this is what I do with my depression. I'm like, okay, let's get outside the door. You can walk to the end of the driveway. If you want to go back, you can, you know? And so like, it'll just be like, then I play a game with myself. I'm like, oh, see that bush? Get to the bush. You know what I mean? Or like, and then it's just little, like little steps. And before I know it, I'm out there and I'm like, oh, that was great. Like the depression is not magically gone. Like I come home and, you know, but it's also like with depression, because I think a lot of what happens with depression is that rumination and it's just the thoughts over and over. So it's like, if you can even just like stop the thoughts in the middle and break them up with something like that's helped me so much. And then I also, like I said, I just identify like one or two small things and then celebrate those things. Like if I shower, I'm like, oh, praise God. Like, you know, like I ate or did cook a healthy meal. Like if it's a couple small things, like I am very excited about it. <laughs> uh, it's so good. And, and I love what you said earlier too, about like being kind to yourself. I think everyone needs to hear that because I think it's important too, because our mental health can really show itself in how we speak to ourselves. I think as yeah. well, like for myself, I, I, same way where I'm, I'm a devil to myself, especially like days like today, I was trying so hard to be like, okay, like just rest. And my whole, my team was so helpful in that too. Of like, my bosses were like, yes, rest, take your time, you know, work from home and relax and do all the things you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. They were so good. And and just my fiance being the same way too. He's like, I'm taking care of you. I'm going to get your computer. I'm doing this for you. I'm doing that, you know, whatever. And that helps me to be kinder to myself because it's so easy to be like, God, you're such a piece of shit. Like you're just laying in bed all day, I know. you know, being a piece of shit. And it's like, that's just my anxiety and my depression attacking me. It's not, I'm not that that's not my, like we're saying your thoughts are separate, you know? Yeah. We are not our thoughts. And it's also like, it's, we've said it, but we bears repeating. It's like, if you had a stomach ache and you were throwing up, you would never say that to yourself. Maybe if you ate too much cheese, I do that. No. And then I get sick, but you know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> I, I have, I'm lactose intolerant, but I love cheese. So like, if I get sick, I'm like, then I'm kind of mad. I'm like, you ate Taco Bell and feel like shit. Like me, probably not a good choice, but you get what I'm saying. Like if you're sick and you don't know why, or you get a cold for the most part, you're not going to be like, Paige, wow, you're a piece of shit. Like you don't feel good. You know, like you have a fever, you know, but it's so hard because yeah, it's hard. Look at that. I didn't even mean to do that. (laughs) Are you enjoying this episode so far? If so, please take the time to rate and leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. You also can press the follow button on Spotify and ask for notifications every time a new episode comes out. This is the best way for us to grow and reach as many people as possible as we start to talk more vulnerably about mental health and things that are relatable to all of us. Also, you can take the time to share this episode with a friend via text message or on social media to also grow the awareness and make sure that people understand that they're not alone. Thank you so much for listening to It's Hard. Let's get back to the episode.
like the things you can't see, like, it's just, yeah. it's, oh, it's so aggravating. It's, it's so frustrating. And I'm glad we're talking about it because it is so real and it, and I struggle with it on the daily and it's exhausting, but it's so real. Um, I want to pivot a little bit into the addiction space. So, you know, we're both sober, but like you, we touched on very different reasons, truly. I mean, um, that's, you know, one thing that I struggled with a little bit was like getting sober and people were like, oh my gosh, like what happened? And I was like, nothing really happened. I just have a lot of trauma with it. My dad was an alcoholic. I had an ex who drank too much, got a DUI, like all this shit happened. And so it's just like anxiety around alcohol, but then there's also situations where like there is addiction and that that's also an illness and that we don't talk enough about that. So what did your relationship with alcohol look like and how did your journey to sobriety come about? Yeah. Um, and I love your story. I feel like we need to hear more of your type of stories. Cause I hate that. I hate when you quit drinking, people are like, Oh, she's an alcoholic or, Oh, you know, it's like, no, maybe it just made me feel like shit. You know what I mean? Like what a crazy concept. Um, so yeah, I mean, I didn't start drinking and weirdly in college, I just didn't drink. I went to a small Christian school. Um, I grew up, um, pretty tight knit Christian family. So like, I was never really, I was never around alcohol. I've never seen my parents drink. Um, and so it wasn't until I met my husband when I was around 25 and he's Navy and I met him in San Diego. He was friends with my brother and we just partied the whole weekend, you know, and, and, and after there, it really just kind of took off. It was like 25. And then I would, you know, go through fits and starts of like, Oh, I really should stop. You know, I'd have a bad night out. I really need to stop. And then January, 2020, I just hit a personal low. I went on like a bender. Um, I ended up like hanging out with people I'd never even met. I just like randomly went to a neighbor's house. I didn't know, knocked on their door. Yeah. Partied with them. Yeah. It was a nightmare. So I'd never done stuff like that. Like I was very, like it was getting out of control. And so my husband would love him sweetheart, but I came home one day, like after two days of just drinking straight. And he was like, I don't know what to do. Like you need help. You know, he didn't threaten to divorce me, but he was like, you just, I don't know what to, like, this is out of my control, you know? So I was like, okay, you're right. So I had shown up to a brand new job, completely wasted. Like, yeah, yeah. And I'd never done stuff like that. So, um, January, 2020, I said, you know what, I'm going to move home. I'm going to go back from, so I lived in Virginia where I live now. And I went to Cleveland, Ohio, where I'm originally from and moved in with my grandma and who's one of those cool people who's had like one drink and like had a hangover and was like, I don't like that, you know? And like, never, yeah, never drank again. I was like, who are you? Like, I wish. Um, and so, yeah, I moved in, um, and did intensive outpatient. And then it's crazy. The week that everything shut down, I got out of intensive outpatient because of COVID. Oh my God. I know. I know. It was wild. And so, you know, I always say I hold space. It's it, COVID was so heartbreaking, but for me, I, it was helpful in the sense that all the bars were shut down when I got out and I was a bar fly being an extrovert. Like I loved bars. I would go to bars by myself. Like I didn't care, you know, like I became even more talkative when I drank, if that's <laughs> hard to believe. So, you know, <laughs> for me, it was a good thing that it was, you know, not the bars weren't open. Um, but I want to acknowledge that that's, those are people's livelihoods, you know, so that's of course very hard, but it was a weird, it was a weird, weird, weird time. And I was in Alcoholics Anonymous, but that shut down my, um, sponsor, my first sponsor. People don't know what that is. It helped 
they're just someone to hold you accountable to get sober. You call them every day, that kind of thing. But she relapsed. So it was like, she'd been sober for 10 years. Yeah. Um, 10 years. I know. And she relapsed because she just, you know, she was going through a hard time, couldn't get to meetings, like all that stuff. And I was like two months sober at that time, you know, and it was very scary. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what was that like? Where oh, the person probably trust the most in that space Yes, ends up. And for them, I'm sure it's hard too. I mean, I know Dex Shepard talks about this when he relapsed, yes. of like yes. being someone's sponsor and then relapsing and how hard that is. But what was that like for you? Um, you know, it was hard because I, I liked her a lot. We had connected and it's hard to find a sponsor because it's, I mean, it's someone that you bear your soul to, you know, like you're calling this person every day. So like you, it is hard to find someone you connect with. And so, I mean, you pointed it out. I mean, I, yeah, I thought she was rock solid in sobriety. And then one day she called me and I was like, that's weird. Why is she calling me? Um, and you know, and she just straight up told me and I was like, wow, okay. Like, I'm really sorry, you know? And so I had to, I found another great sponsor and, you know, it took a little bit, but I, I found another one. And, but I mean, it was, it was scary. Cause I was like, dang, like, this is serious. I knew it was serious, but when that happened, I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, like yeah. you're never fully there. Yeah, true. Fully never. There. Right. Yeah. Oh, so scary. So at what point did you, I know you said you had like a, a bender and that kind of made you and your husband was like, whoa, something's, you know, up, yeah. this isn't yeah. normal. Um, but at what point did you really realize like, okay, this is an addiction. Like this is an illness, like so, kind of reframing it from like, oh, I drink too much. Yes. So like, ah, this is bad. Like, yes. it's like I'm not healthy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I knew like when I went on that bender, that was really scary. And then I just knew so I moved home in January of 2020. And I remember thinking like, cause I had all my favorite little bars, you know, here in Virginia, I was like, you know what, maybe if I just move, like everything will be fine. You know what I mean? Like I won't be around my friends that drink. I won't be, but that did not happen. I just found shitty bars. I went to like Applebee's a lot and like, I know, very depressing. Um, but like, you know, so I, it was when I moved and I couldn't stop, you know, I luckily wasn't to the place where I would like wake up and be shaking and need drinks. Like it wasn't, I probably was headed there. Um, but it was, it was that it was just moving and being like, wow, I can't even stop. Um, like it got to the point where, you know, I moved and wasn't going to do intensive outpatient. I was just going to try and move in with my grandma and just take care of myself, not work, you know, go to therapy, that kind of thing. Um, but I was still drinking and, um, my family had to take my keys and my debit card. But yeah. Because I was drinking and driving. I mean, all the time, all the time. So, um, in fact, my last drink story is so funny because I asked my grandma to take me to Panera cause she was driving me. I didn't, I, cause you know, they took away my driving privileges and, and, and I had agreed to this cause I needed help. Like it wasn't, you know, they're not like forcing me, but, um, so she dropped me off at Panera and I like, you live in Minnesota or no, what'd you say? Utah. So you know about cold snow. Right. Yeah. And okay. I'm from Minnesota. So I know that's really what I thought. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So this is like January in Ohio and I love heels. So I'm in these like, really cute heels, but it's like a snowstorm. And I'm like trudging half a mile to an Applebee's from Panera. Just, yeah, I lied, you know, I lied. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I get to the bar and I don't have a debit card. They don't card me for whatever reason, but I sit down 
or they do card me. I had my ID, so I gave them that. I didn't have a debit card, but in AA, there's a collection plate, right? So you can, you know, put in donations. I was asking my sweet 80-year-old grandmother for cash to donate and hoarding it throughout the week for alcohol. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. And so um, I had like $10, something like that. And I bought like, I don't know how many beers, whatever, you know, shitty Budweiser, something happy hour. And then I flirted with the guy next to me to get more drinks, you know, just started talking to him. He's buying me drinks. And like my grandma just was tracking me on my phone. My family was tracking me on my phone because I lied all the time, like nothing new. And so she just came in, um, you know, and was really, really, really nice and didn't make a scene. was like, do you want to go home? And I was like, yeah, you know, like, I don't want that. What am I doing? You know? And so, um, you know, I, it was that moment. And I realized like, you know, that was my moment where I was like, I just stole from my grandma. Like I am lying. Like this is, I'm sitting, I'm married sitting next to this guy. What am I doing? And so that was February 3rd, 2020. And then the next day I called, um, you know, my insurance and figured out intensive outpatient. <laughs> so, wow. Like yeah. just, I mean, it's so, what I love about that story, even though it's like heartbreaking in so many ways, like for your, first of all, your grandma to just walk in instead of being like, what the fuck are you doing? And she could have, yeah. Cause I'd, I'd come home drunk. I did a lot of shitty stuff. Like there was the level of frustration could have been up here. But like, it seems like she understood this sense of this isn't you you know, a hundred percent. And I'm glad you brought that up because my husband said that too. It was, that was, I could tear up thinking about that. Cause he's like, you're just not yourself. Like this isn't the girl I married. You know what I mean? Like I, alcohol makes me way worse. Like it's awful. I cry. I'm a mess. It's not fun. You know, maybe the first drink is fun, but like I'm fantastic without alcohol, you know? And it's like, I started telling myself that more and more. And I say it out loud for myself, you know, just because I still get nervous. Like I'm an extrovert, but I get nervous at social settings like anybody does, you know, and I don't grab alcohol, obviously. And and so, um, but yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, I, I wasn't myself. My grandma said the same thing and then got sober and I was like, oh, here she is. <laughs> oh, that like breaks my heart, but I love like, yeah. same thing with, I struggled with an eating disorder when I was younger too. And like, I did too. yeah. It's just mm-hmm. all the addictions, right? We have it all. I know I covered them all, <laughs> not all, but lots of them. Some of them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like it's my mom always said the same thing. Like when I would be really sick, she's just like, I just don't know where, like, I can't see you, you know, like that was always, and I'm like, oh, just thinking oh. makes my heart hurt, you know? And then like you get oh. healthy again and they're like, there you are. And it's the same thing yeah. with anxiety and depression and like all these things. And it's like, but to have people in your life like that, where they walk in and they're just like, do you want to go home? And like you, it seemed like you registered to like, fuck, like, yes, I'm being overtaken by my illness right now. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. And it was just like, it was so humbling. That moment was so humbling. And then I remember the first day I went to like intensive outpatient. Cause I've done intensive outpatient for mental health, um, like therapy. And that was really cool. Um, but this was, you know, much different. I mean, it's similar. You're still talking about mental health, but you're also talking about addiction. Um, but it was humbling because another reason I realized I'd hit my bottom was you had to pee in front of someone every morning, every morning at like eight o'clock in the morning, you had to take your freaking cup, go pee in front of someone. Yeah. And I mean, it was like, I was like, remember peeing and I like got it in my hand and I was like, 
oh my God, like, this is my life right now. Yeah. You know, like it was so, I was definitely sober and you know, like I wasn't worried about that, but I was like, oh my God, these people don't trust me. And it's, it, that's, that's their job, right. what yeah. they need to do. But I was like, it's gotten so bad that like you are in a bathroom peeing in front of another human every day, you know, mm-hmm. three to four times a week. So, I mean, and for me, that's what kept me sober. Cause there were days where I wanted to drink, but you could get kicked out of the program if they caught you, you know, and they would do random drug tests too. So, I mean, it was, you know, you just kind of always knew like it, you know, and I saw people get kicked out. And so it was very prevalent, like very real. And, um, you know, and so I, yeah, I mean, that was that moment of like, wow, this is, this is real. <laughs> We're doing this. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The ultimate accountability, like yes. there's no turning back once you're no. at no, um, I want to talk about the like social aspect. Cause this is something I definitely struggle with too. Now that you're sober, you're over two years sober. Yeah. Um, I, I deal with this a lot as well. And I, I want to know your thoughts. Cause it's like, I just come across many times. I mean, I was in Chicago a couple of weeks ago, yeah. celebrating one of my friend's birthdays and most of my friends drink and I have no problem with that. My fiance drinks, like I, I'm okay being around it really. Um, but it's like, when you're meeting new people or when there's certain people that they're like, that it's just shocking for them that you don't drink, you know, and there's situations where they're like, yeah, oh, you don't drink like interesting. Or then they'll like offer you a drink five minutes later. And it's like, wait a second. Oh shit. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was like, I just said, I don't drink. Like, I think that was pretty clear, you know, and I'm the same way where I'm an extrovert, but I do get anxious. And I'm like, I have so much more fun when I'm sober because I'm not just as fuck. I don't have anxiety. I don't have all these things, you know, but I just think it's such a prevalent thing when you are sober, where it's like, there is still that sense of like insecurity and just like, am I going to be fun enough and enough? And I don't know what has your experience been like with that? Yeah. I mean, I've felt all the things and I still do. I mean, it's two years in. So it's been hard because of COVID. Again, it's an interesting experience because recently, like I would say in the last, you know, year, uh, I started doing things, but like the first year I was sober, I didn't go anywhere. So I didn't get to deal with any of this, you know? So it was weird. So like this year two has been very interesting of sobriety because, um, you know, getting sober in a pandemic is a weird experience. Um, so, so in some ways I felt really new, in, in new, like baby sobriety because I'm dealing with situations that I just didn't have to. And I'll say, I mean, I just, I still get anxious and I still overthink things. And I, I'm a very big overthinker. Like I'm always like that sounded stupid or what I talk too much or, you know, the inner dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I just learned like, again, like, I think maybe it's because it's self-compassion is big on my mind right now, but like, I'm just kind to myself the whole night. You know what I mean? And I'm like, it may be hard, but like, again, we can do hard things. Like, I love telling myself that, you know what I mean? Like this may be hard. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love her. I know it's fit, right? but it's so, it's so true. Like that's so true. And so I'm like, you know what? Um, and then the other big one that I've, this has really been helping me is like, people don't think about you as much as you know what I mean like not you yes. like people are so in their own heads because we're all thinking about ourselves so like people don't give a shit about me I mean they do but you know what I mean like it's they don't they don't and if I say something dumb they're over it and, and think about this especially if they're drinking they forgot <laughs> you know what I mean like it's like so so, 
Yeah. And so it's like, but I will say I do get anxious and I still deal with this. I'm like, what do I say? Do I say I'm sober? Do I say I'm in recovery? Do I say I don't want to drink? You know what I mean? So I would say for me, it sounds crazy, but it's been like very case dependent. Hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, depending on my mood or depending on who I'm with, like we were at my husband, like had a work Christmas party and, you know, again, military, every people come in loaded to the party. They have flasks on them. Like it's, I'm so, you know, I think there, I just said, um, you know, I have an early morning, so I'm not drinking tonight. You know what I mean? Because I didn't want to get into, I didn't want the questions at like, like it was literally like a work Christmas party. So they have those awkward table, like you're at a circular table with people you don't know. And you're like staring at each other, you know, like, and so I was like, I don't want to get into recovery here. Like, so I just said, yeah, you know what? I have a big event tomorrow. Like I'm not drinking, you know? tomorrow and it's like no matter of like are you gonna see these people ever again like I always think about it like that where it's like if it's someone oh, I'm never gonna see again I'll probably just be like yeah I don't drink or I don't like to drink and I'll just move yeah. on but it's like if it's someone I'm I know I'm gonna hang out with them again or they're gonna go follow yeah. them on Instagram or do whatever yeah. like if we have a real connection I'll be able to say why but it is exhausting to tell people like so- I'm not asking you why you drink right like, yeah, that's a really good point. Like we could start doing that. That'd be fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think I've done that before. Cause I totally have a, my dad and me, he's sober. So he like loves that. I'm sober. Like we we're like yeah. sober buddies, but like, he'll do that sometimes where it's like, people will be like, why don't you drink? He's like, why do you drink? Like, oh why, why do you drink? You know, I, I'll do that sometimes. I'm like, yeah, well, why do you drink? You know, like same but it's a fair question. Yeah. But it's also like, if you like it fine, if you can handle yourself, like your grandma and you have one drink and you're like, fuck that. Like, or if you have a couple of drinks and you're fine, great. But then like, don't ask me all these 17 questions of why I don't drink, you know? Uh Yeah. And make everyone feel awkward. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. No, it's hard. There's no, I wish I had, you know, a right answer. It's like, it's, you know, it's, it's just complicated, you know? I love the case by case though. Like, I think that's helpful for people who I have a lot of people in my community who are on a sober curious journey. And I love that. That's where I started really was in like really being sober curious and then eventually became sober. But I think it's really like, what is the word? It's really, it's just like helpful to know that like, you don't have to tell this big immaculate story. Every time you talk about sobriety, you don't have to have this big thing of like, well, I was getting fucked up at the Applebee's and then, you know, like you can do whatever you want and say whatever you want. And like, if you don't have situations like that, that's also okay. If you just don't like it, that's okay too. And there's people out here who are sober and they're younger and they're sober and that's okay as well. I'm loving, I'm loving it. I met the girl I met at lunch today is like 29, never had a drink. She's like, never, I know, no, never. And her, and she's the sober raver on Instagram. She like goes to parties. Like she loves, she's like dance and she's just beautiful. Like amazing. Like love, you know, loves concerts, like that kind of thing. And she just doesn't like it. And I was like, love to see it. I love to see us normalizing just not drinking. Like it doesn't, you don't even have to be in recovery. You don't have to identify as having an addiction. Like, I think it's just really cool to like not drink sometimes. Like, isn't it nice to just be present? Yeah. You know I mean? Like, 
I just, it's a beautiful concept. So why are we closing these spaces? Like if she's like the sober raver is like, why are we saying that raves are only for people who are fucked up? Like, exactly. Like, why are these spaces for people who are on drugs, who are drunk, like all these things, it's like, it makes people feel as though they can never do anything if they don't drink. I'm like, exactly. I was in uh, Colorado, like visiting my friend. I was in Steamboat and for her birthday and she and all her friends drink, whatever. And I was just being my funny ass, stupid self, you know, just dancing around doing things. And like this guy offers me, you know, one of the friends he like offered me a tequila shot or something. And I was like, oh, like I don't drink. And he was like, what? Yeah. Like you're sober. I was like, <laughs> I know it's not the best. I love it. I'm like, honestly, yes. And I'm happy. Right. I was like, if I was drunk right now, you would hate me. Like you yes. would literally hate me. Oh yeah. It's like, it's just like, so funny. how it's like, you can almost trick people. Like I, you have no idea. Why does it matter? It doesn't matter. No fun. (laughs) No, exactly. Like you're not sitting in the corner being miserable. Like you're out there having fun. And then, and I love what you said too. Like we normalize, like it's, it's more normalized to go to a concert fucked up than it is to go sober. And that's so interesting because that's like, you know, part of her platform is like, you know, like she just noticed she was young, she was out doing things, not drinking or doing drugs or like anything. And she was like, wow, this is crazy. Like what a concept. Do you know what I mean? Like, but like, I'm still having a blast and I remember it. You know what I mean? Literally. Like, why would you pay $200 to go to a concert to not remember it? Exactly. And be... I feel like shit the next day. And I've certainly done that. You know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, but it's like when you take that step back and you stop drinking or imbi- like any kind of drug, you're like, wow. Like we use alcohol to like celebrate and be present. And it's like, but it's literally taking us away from the moments that matter the most. Yes. It's like social media. Like, it's like, it's bringing us away from our lives, you know? crazy and it's like I remember I was reading something I forget I was reading something somewhere but it was like a woman was asking like she was on a forum and she was asking she was like 29 days sober and she was like I don't want to miss out on all the celebrations right like oh like what am I going to do and she was an advice column and she was you know the writer wrote back it was actually Polly Whitaker um from quit like a woman yeah I was like this I've I've heard this it's got to be quit yeah yeah Yeah, it is yeah and so she has like a really cool new um it's like a newsletter called recovering. And so the week, yeah, it's really good. And, and this week the girl wrote in and said like, Hey, I'm afraid to miss out. And Holly was like, what are you talking about? Alcohol makes you miss out more than you ever will. You know what I mean? Like, she's like, where's the irony here? Like, what are we missing? Yes. And it's like, things are so alcohol, so ingrained into everything we do, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, there's nothing more that could take us away from our loved ones. Yes. I was never less present anytime I was drinking, yes. you know, like it's, and I understand, like I sound like, like I never, I'm not anti-alcohol. I know people can drink. Right. I have lots of friends that have one and done. I don't get it. I think it's great. I've never been able to do that, but it's like, but, but it's just cool. It's like, let's also normalize just not having it. Like, yes. you know, like at every event, like, why does it have to be a thing? 
I am so excited to share with you about an event that I am participating in. I'm participating in the NAMI Walk this year. If you are unsure what NAMI is, it is so important. It's the National Alliance for Mental Illness. And they put on walks across the country every single year to raise awareness and money for mental health. And so I um, am so excited to participate in the Utah one. It's May 21st. If you're local to Utah, I would love for you to join my team. I'm a team captain. You can sign up using the link in the bio below and you can just join team. It's hard and I will be getting t-shirts for everyone who joins my team. So um, I'm really excited. So please do that if you're local to the Utah area. I also will be hosting a style social at Everive City Creek Mall. If you're interested in that, that's going to be on Sunday, April 24th from 2 to 4 p.m. And you can RSVP um, just DMing me on Instagram if you come across this. I would love to see all there. 15% of proceeds at the Style Social Forever will go towards the NAMI Walk team for our team in Utah. If you're not local to Utah, I really encourage you to still join a team um, and participate in a NAMI Walk. It's such a great way to, again, end the stigma, work towards raising awareness for mental health. Um, and if you can't make it to the walk but you want to donate to my team, the link is in the bio below to see my team page and you can donate towards my goal of $1,000 before May 25th. First. So let's get walking and raising awareness for mental health. Like, yeah. it's the, I think it, I think Holly says this in the book, but it's like, what am I going to do at my wedding when there's a champagne toast and I'm getting married in September oh, and I've never worried about that. Like my friends are so, and my family, obviously my, my dad's sober. So sobriety right. is not a new thing for us at all. Right. Right. my parents are like, fuck, that's old news. Like, yeah, join the club. Like, let's get yeah. here. <laughs> it's a cool but, way to live. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like, they're so accepting where it's like, I know there's going to be like a fake champagne that they're going to have, you know, like yeah. there's going to be mocktails. There's going to be, there's so many options nowadays. Like I oh, love yeah. NAIPA that I drink that I love. Yes. Like there's just things that you can do. And, and again, like, I love what you said. And I want to really reiterate this of like, I'm not anti-alcohol. I don't think everyone needs to be sober. Exactly. I think it's kind of a, it's shitty. Yeah. But it's fine if you can handle yourself and if you can stay yourself. Cause that's also what you're saying too, is like, you're also not present. Cause you're not yourself. Like you were not yourself in that. Apple oh my God, no. That wasn't. No. And like, how are you living your life if you're not being yourself? And so I think it's like, as long as we're just okay with like, don't go getting fucked up. Like why are people getting blacked out and fucked up and all these things? Like that's where there's an issue. Yes. If you can enjoy it reasonably. Yes. And that's what's scary. And that's where I will, you know, put that line in the sand. I'm usually not like a black or white person, but that's right. where it's not funny. You know, like you, I feel like we see so many, like, you know, memes for women, especially our age who are like talking about like blacking out or reels. And it's like, yo, we are talking about, this is not funny. That's yeah. an addiction. And also there's so many things that can happen, right? Like so many dangerous things that can happen when, yes. when you are blacked out, like that's not funny and it's not okay. You know, like I still think it's okay. Like you're saying, it's like, you're putting yourself in so much danger. Like yeah. my brain immediately, and this is totally the mom, my mom and me, like, it's just like, you know, my brain goes to like, what's going to happen to you and you're not going to remember it. And like, yeah 
waking up the next day and having no idea. I've never blacked out in my life. Like I wasn't a big drinker at all. Like I would drink, but I would have such hang anxiety 24 seven that I would never black out. Cause I was so scared yeah. of over throwing up. Yeah. But like, I know my friends would wake up and just say like, I have no idea what happened. And I'm like, terrifying. I've had it happen many times and it's terrifying. <sighs> yeah. It's terrifying. And it's, it, it's, it's not funny either. Like, that's the other thing is like, you know, when I was in my mid twenties, like we would just get up, go to brunch and be like piecing together the night, you know, finding our keys or phone or wallets, you know, like whatever. And it was funny. And, you know, I stayed in my addiction for a long time because I was like, well, everybody else is like, I'm not that bad. You know what I mean? Like, and it got to the point where I was that bad, you know, I was way worse than everybody, but, but, but like for a while I did drink like everybody, it was problematic, but like, you know, I would go to networking meetings and, you know, after like seven, eight o'clock, everybody was taking shots. Everybody was driving home buzzed. Like I was not the only one, you know? So it's that normalization of the binge drinking that I'm like, it's not cute. And just like the funny aspect, like I feel, I felt this way too, when I went to Chicago, I was like, am I fun? And we talked about like, we touched on that, but it's like, yeah, I wake up the next morning and I'm like, ha 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 ha. Like, yeah, that was really funny. Yeah. Like, nothing not. I did was funny. Cause I was sober and like, no one thought I was funny. Right. It's like, I was texting Jack, my fiance the whole weekend. And I'm like, I just feel like I'm no fun and all this stuff. And it's yeah. like, you're fun in your own way. And like, I want people to hear this and know that like, you just got to find your groove. And I I'm not saying like, for those who are listening who are in Chicago with me, like I did have a lot of fun in Chicago. I will say that, but there were moments where it's like you do when you are the only one who's not drinking, it's, it is hard, you know, it's like it's very hard. hard. It's, and I, I'm so proud of you for doing that and like going out and like, cause it's hard. I, I get it, you know? Cause it's like, you're like, Oh man, like maybe I am not like, maybe I am not interesting. You know what I mean? Like hey. You get in your own head, but it's like, I, at least for myself, I know if I'd have, if I do have a drink, it's not, it's going to be worse. Right. I was like, I'd be a piece of shit right now. If I, I was just going to say, it doesn't make me better. <laughs> like, And I also started to notice, like when you are the sober one, you start to realize that drunk people aren't funny. There's very rare. I don't think I've met in the two years I've been sober, not one person that has ever been drunk, drunk that I was like, you're funnier. Yes, literally. <laughs> I always better person drunk, right? <laughs> no, I literally told my fiance that one day. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. So yeah. he's sharing it, but it's like, you know, he had had a couple too many drinks and yeah, I have too much trauma with it too. Where I'm just like, I can't fucking deal at all. Yeah. He's the sweetest human ever, but I'm like, I don't like you drunk. I don't yeah. like anyone drunk. I really Me. don't. I yes. find you annoying. I find you needy. I find you all these different things. Like yes. that, that old over there is crying. I was just like, I just don't like drunk people. And Here. that's okay to say like, no. And I found this, I felt the same way. Like the parties I've gone to where people were drinking, I would just leave early. I would leave at eight or yeah. nine. I was like, I don't, people repeat themselves. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and you're like, I heard that. Like you told me this three times. And it wasn't funny the first time. <laughs> so real. I'm yeah. so but I'm not the only one that has no. I have this one girl who I'm friends with who like literally does it every single time. And it's like four times. Like she'll walk yes. with a few seconds and come back and tell me the same story again. And I'm like, yes. you have told me this already so many times. 
I know. And you're like, how many times can I be nice to you? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, how many times can I pretend laugh? Like, <laughs> you know, like it wasn't funny the first time. Like maybe, maybe it was funny the first time, but like second and third time, like it's like, well, good. Yeah, you know where this is going. It's honestly yeah. impressive that they can say the same story though. Like <laughs> times and like, clearly you had something on your mind today. Yeah. I right. get to like the psycho, like the psychiatrist side of it or whatever, like the psychology yeah. of it. I'm like, oh. Yes. What's been on your brain? Right. Like, like, is it stuck? Did you need to get this out? Like, yeah, I know. It's something you're not talking about here, sister. <laughs> right. And now you're telling me seven times. Exactly. You're like, okay, I get it. Like, whatever it is, like, let's, let, let's help you resolve this. Like, <laughs> so good. But I mean, uh, but it's humbling because I know I've been that person. Like I, can poke fun at these people just because I've been that girl many, many times. You know what I mean? Like I've done it. I've done right. it. You know, not even been super drunk. Like it doesn't take much alcohol to make you like that. You know, you could have two drinks, two, three drinks and forget, you know, or the other thing that is, you know, yeah, hard, so yeah is, or is people get loud. Like they're just so loud and they don't know how loud they are. You know what I mean? And you're like sitting there, you're like, I can hear you. Like I'm right here. <laughs> so they're like already telling you a story they told you and then they're like progressively louder on the third round. And you're like, yeah, I gotta go home. Yeah, you're like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah, nope, I'm good. <laughs> so good. Oh, I love that these same things are happening hundreds thousands of miles away like this is amazing it's so good but yeah I just think like right like and again like if you drink that's totally fine just know that when you have sober friends like they're noticing these things and like we're gonna laugh about it because we're right and that's gonna happen you know it's gonna happen we'll be nice (laughs) yeah and I still have friends that drink exactly I do but it's like if you invite me out like I'm gonna notice I'll probably tell you the next day if you text or call me how you were like I'll probably be like well like to be honest I heard about your boyfriend drama like five times you may want to do that you know or whatever yeah right yeah like you might want to reel it in a little bit there yeah (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) I love it. Oh, so funny. Um, okay. Seriously, I could talk to you for five hours. Um, yes. So you're just going to have to like come back to the show. But my last question is just for you. Like, what is your kind of day-to-day mental health routine? Like, how do you take care of your mental health and try your best to stay mentally healthy on a day-to-day basis? I love it. I love <laughs> that question because I've really honed in on it, especially being in recovery. But I would say, so one of the things that's really helped me is I have a planner, it's called a passion planner and it's a daily and it like has a mood check-in. So like you can check it. Yeah, it's so cool. And they just came out with like the daily version. So it's like the one side has like a mood check-in, things you want to work on. Like, and then the, you know, and then the right side is like, you know, just like your 6 a.m. to like your appointments, right? So my morning always not, I always like to like preface to say nothing I do is ever perfect and it's not every day, but on a good day, I strive to use my planner to like go through the day and like figure out like, okay, like what am I doing for the day? But then also like check in on my mood. Like what is my mood when I wake up? Right. Like just take almost like taking a temperature, like what the heck are we working with today? Like, cause we know mental health, like some days it's like you had today. You're like, Oh, we're not getting out of bed today. That's cool. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. 
today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, and then it's just kind of figuring out like where, how do I schedule in my self-care and like my self-care can be, it, it like varies from like taking a walk to listening to a trashy audible book, you know, like it's, it just depends, but it's always intentionally like either a meditation, some kind of movement. And like, I took a break from running, um, for like three to six months. And I've been a runner for a long time but I needed a break because it was becoming a toxic relationship. And so I would just walk, right? Like just like slow movement. And so it's, it's either like some kind of yoga or movement or walks with my husband. It's just anything to make sure that like I'm in touch with my body. And then the other big one is like, um, body scans. So like I have learned like while I'm waiting in line or in that traffic, like to check in and like, like literally go like, okay, I can feel my head. I can feel my forehead. I can feel, you know, because like, I feel like we're all just so busy. We don't have, like, we don't even know what we're feeling half the time. And I, I struggle with that a lot. It's weird being so self-aware and still not knowing what I'm feeling. Um, so like, just like centering myself in my body and then, um, a lot of, and then the big one I'm doing right now is no social media. So I'm just like trying to figure out just being honest, like that relationship now, like I feel amazing without it, without Instagram in particular. And so I just need to figure out like the, just the amount of time I'm going to dedicate to it and what that looks like, but it's an experiment, right? Yeah. And it's like, and then it's just the little stuff that I have to do, just living with an anxiety disorder, like making sure I'm not drinking too much caffeine. You know what I mean? Like reading before bed, like I have to have a nighttime routine where I'm like, winding down you know like it's it's just like intentional small things that I have to make it's and I don't do them well like I had a lot of caffeine today it's probably why I'm talking too much I'm sorry if I am but <laughs> but you know so it's just like being self-aware of how every little thing and that's and I think like shout out to all the mental health warriors out there and because you know sometimes just living with a mental just like mental health and in recovery is just hard yeah. Just exhausting. Yeah. It's yeah. just, I was just going to say, I just did it again. And I promise I'm not trying to do that. I Everyone just, does it all the time and they don't even notice it. It's, it's so funny. I'm like, that's literally but, why I chose the name. Like, <laughs> well, you have the best podcast and you have the best oh. name because no, seriously, but this is such a, it's a perfect name for a per- this topic because sometimes it just is. And I've been exhausted. Like I've felt that many times. Like sometimes I'm like, man, I just, like my husband doesn't deal with a lot of any of these issues. I mean, he's a normal person and has highs and lows, but like he can go to bed normal. He can wake up and he's pretty stable, you know? And I'm like, that would be nice. <laughs> like, That'd be really nice if that was the case. <laughs> like not having to remember your meds and like your therapy and like, you know what I mean? It's just like, but I get it. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's literally prioritizing myself and just, and then I would say, again, I've said it a few times, but man, that self-talk, I think it's because it's on my mind right now and I'm working really hard on it, um, is just self-talk, mm-hmm. man. Kristen Neff, if you have not read any of her stuff, so good. Like, have you heard of Kristen Neff? Yeah, so she- No, but I need- You're going to love it. I wish I had the, I don't know where the book is, but it's um, called, she founded the technique called Mindfulness Self-Compassion. And it's just, you can even, it sounds like you like this stuff. So you can Google it and you can take a quiz. I don't know if you're like me, but I love quizzes. And so like, you can see, you know, just yeah. um, where you stand on like your personal, like self-compassion practice. Um, 
and self-compassion is a beautiful concept it's it's I think a lot of people think it's like you know being too easy on yourself not holding yourself accountable but honestly it's just and we know this you've heard this but it's like talking to your talking to your best friend the way you know talking to yourself the way you would your best friend or your fiance right yeah. like even if you make a shitty decision not berating yourself like loving yourself and being aware so radical self-compassion is what I've been doing because I'm so I'm like you I'm like I'm a devil to myself thank you said that I was like I mean it's I would not want people to hear <laughs> sometimes what goes on in my head so true I love that and that's like honestly I feel like the biggest one of the biggest things I took away from you today of just like reminding myself of like self-compassion is so important and it's such a practice and it's I'm so busy all the time, but I'm like, I overcommit so much. And it's like to not have the time to even sit down and be like, dude, you're doing a good job, you know, and to have a partner and outsource that a lot of times, you know, like look for it from that other person with words of affirmation, you know, all this stuff. It's like, I need to also do that for myself so that I'm not constantly relying on another person to give that to me. And it's so hard. I will tell you, like you said, we could be here for five hours, but I went through that with my husband. Love him to death. Great guy. But I've, we have literally, I've literally said this. I'm like, I need you to tell me more, whatever, like that you're proud of me, that you love me. And then, you know, there will be times where he's like, do you need to tell yourself that more? And I'm like, Oh yeah, probably. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, shit, you know, Um, I'm like, dang it. You know, like, yeah, you know, like, so, cause it's, 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 yeah, it's like, I'm looking at, and that this conversation has been so beautiful and it's coming full circle because I was also going to Instagram for my self-worth. And I, it's an, I think that's one of the harder things for me to admit it's embarrassing, but it's like, I was getting, so am getting, well, you know, validation from Instagram yeah. Mm-hmm. And people are lying if they say they do not check likes, that they do not check engagements, that they don't feel upset or frustrated when a reel doesn't do well. Like, I mean, maybe some people don't care. I don't think they have social media if they didn't care though. That's a good point. Like my friend, she genuinely does not care about social media. And she sure. just like, I think she has just like an account or some sort of like sure. outlet where she like puts art and writes yeah. and does all these things. Like she has something separate. That's like more of, and it's, it's a proof that like no one follows it. It is not a public situation. Oh, I don't even know cool. if it's account. Like, I don't know what it is, Yeah, but she has mentioned before that she just has an outlet that she utilizes. And it's like, cool. if you didn't care about it, and you didn't care about the like likes and all that shit, you wouldn't be active on it. You wouldn't engage on it, you know? Good point. Right. I mean, that's a good point. And I think we just don't talk about it enough. So yeah, I mean, I'm learning and I, maybe that'll be around two months, but like I'll come back in a year or something or six months yeah. when, when I'm like learning how to love myself with and, and, and dive into like who I am without Instagram, you know, because truly Paige, I'm not kidding. Instagram had become a part of my identity, right. you know? like my self-worth, I was like, I must not be interesting because my follower count hasn't grown and grown and whatever, you know, like, or my reels aren't doing well. And so I'm like, and then I realized it was like, that's an algorithm that has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Nothing. There's nothing to do with your worth, your value, how, how you're going to touch people's lives, you know? Um, but I was really struggling. I was getting really depressed and like, yeah. just, yeah, just not feeling great about myself because of Instagram. And so I was like, I'm still going to use it. And I plan because it's a beautiful platform. Like you said, it brought us together. Like it helps you do your amazing podcast and 
same here, but I just need to figure out, I realize I'm like, well, I got to work on my relationship with myself. Yes. And just like those boundaries with it. Like I learned after my uh, time away this past Christmas. Um, cause I, again, do it every like Christmas. Cause that's a holiday I celebrate, but I do during that holiday season just to be really present. Great idea. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, but I realized I was like, I need a boundary with this. So I'm only active on social media Monday through Thursday. And then I'm off the app Friday through Sunday. You like that. Yeah. It's honestly like, I would recommend you sit with that idea. Like just a little think about like, are there ways that I can like set a boundary so that there's like a, there's a start and an end date to it of like, I, and I look at my screen time. Like if I'm over four hours, I'm like, holy shit, get your act together. Yes. Um, but like really being intentional with it where it's like, if I'm going on and I'm just scrolling, like I'm not doing that. I don't scroll on reels or anything like that. Like I try to find intentional stuff to be inspired by, but if I am scrolling, I know that I'm, I'm out of whack. Like something's right. You know? Right. Oh, so good. Well, you're amazing. Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to use that because I need to do that. That's why I need a big, cause that's what I was figuring out. I was like, I just either need to do like, I follow some creators who were like, okay, they would do like an hour during the day to like scroll and then they'd be done or, you know, yeah. I'll figure it out. But like, yeah, yeah I gotta, I, I love what you said. Cause that's how I am too. When I'm scrolling, something's up. I'm like, like avoiding something. <laughs> yes. You're like, I'm running from something. I gotta, yeah. I gotta turn around and I gotta run back towards it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> Well, I wish you were closer so we could grab tea or coffee or whatever. Oh, if you're ever in Utah, you let me know if I, I'll let you know, but, oh, this is so fun. Thank you so much for your time and for reaching out and all the things. Um, we're going to say for showing up too. Like you were depressed. You didn't have to, you could have canceled. I was like, this was keeping me going though. I was like, I thought about it. I thought, I thought about like rescheduling. And then I was like, this is what I love to do. Like if anything's going to make me feel better. And especially after looking at your stuff. Um, cause honestly, I, I had like kind of a tough interview a couple weeks ago of just like, oh, no. it was hard and it was mutually like it, it wasn't a fit. Um, and it was understood in that way, but it's like, I haven't recorded since then. And I was like, oh, it's going to go well. I really hope it goes well, but like, I feel my cup is so full and just like yeah. having these conversations really brings me out of those moments too. You know, like this is good for us. This is good for us. Yeah. Yes. It's so good. So I really appreciate it. And I just, I already love you so much. And I do. This is so great. So I'm excited to stay connected, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And take care of yourself. And honestly, I love your podcast. You're doing great stuff. Thanks again, Christina, for being on the show. It was so lovely to meet you and become best friends, truly. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and we will see you next week.